Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to let me know over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. And speaking of five-star reviews, I would like to give a shout-out to Wheeler Rich. They write, Thank you, five stars. As Janet said in episode 28, Thank you, Tyler, for giving current and returned Peace Corps volunteers this platform to share and hold one another's stories. I love listening to this podcast as I do my laundry in Ghana every Tuesday morning. Really rich, that means a lot to me because I actually fell in love with podcasting while doing my laundry in Burkina Faso. So the fact that you are now listening to my podcast It's just so cool to me, and I'm glad that I can help entertain you and share other people's stories. Speaking of stories, this week I have Jenny Davis on the show, who served in Senegal from 2011 to 2013 as a community economic development volunteer. We talk about the highs and lows of her service, and she provides a lot of valuable insights that will be of benefit to current volunteers. Without further delay, this is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Jenny Davis, and this is my Peace Corps story. Jenny, welcome to the My Peace Corps Story podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing very well. Uh, we're we're both experiencing a, a little cold right now. I'm st- I'm in my my home, but I hear you're you're in the library uh, at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, yeah. It's 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 good here. Um, it's relatively warm, so it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I keep hearing the little uh, the the ding as people are checking out books. I believe in the background. So if anybody hears that during the recording, uh, that sort of explains it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's getting to be a little bit loud here, but it's it's still good. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be fine. You served in Senegal from 2011 to 2013. Uh, I was also a, a West African volunteer. I was in Burkina Faso, and I spent uh, a total of three days in Senegal. Uh, sort of on a sour note for being uh, med- medevaced, but I did enjoy my time uh, by the beach, eating a lot of fish, uh, and, and drinking yeah. uh, drinking gazelle beer. Gazelle, wow. Okay, that's really awesome. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you had to be meta back there, but yeah, gazelle beer is it was my choice of beer when I was there. Yeah, it's not not the greatest, but given the choices, it's uh, pretty Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) So, tell us a little bit about uh, Senegal, the country you served in, and what exactly you were doing there as a Peace Corps volunteer. This, so my assignment in Senegal was for community economic development, 
And the site that I served in was in Boro. Um, it's located in the Chess region, which is about two to three hours north of Dakar. And my my primary uh, projects is surrounded, well, focused on uh, handicrafts, uh, agribusiness, and gender development. And uh, so the biggest project that I had, well, the longest project that I had was working with a leather worker. Uh, his name was Demba Mbao, and he worked on several different projects, uh, well, products, I should say, uh, purses, belts, shoes, you name it. And part of my um, part of my work was to help him expand his product line um, and also introduce him to uh, different uh, markets. So, for example, we uh, had a different um, expo. We had different expos in uh, in Dakar, uh, the capital, and also San Luis as well, and uh, also Sally, which is uh, which is a, a very uh, a high. Um, how do you call it? Like a like a club med type of place where mm-hmm. it was a resort, uh, a beach resort, um, and there was a lot of uh, opportunities to sell products there. Um, the second. Uh, the second project for agribusiness uh, was a solar food drying project. I worked with a women's group to try to uh, dry fruits and vegetables um, during the harvest season. And the main purpose was to uh, sort of try to combat food waste and to also uh, have, introduce a new way of eating and consuming uh, fruits and vegetables that are nutritious and to combat malnutrition. Um, the project uh, ended up failing horribly um, because there was a lot of uh, things that went wrong, a lot of things that I uh, didn't catch. You know, For example, uh, working with the mayor's office, working with the women's group, uh, trying to get funding, um, uh, also just drying the fruit uh, in, in my village uh, proved to be difficult um, and trying to uh, pick a location. But Overall, I ended up going through with it. Um, I ended up documenting what I've learned, and that kind of propelled me to uh, go more into international development um, as a career choice. And uh, the third, um, the third assignment that I had was for uh, gender and development, and so I did a lot with. Um, with Girls Camp, uh, which is an annual event that we have uh, every year uh, for um, for young girls who are from disadvantaged homes. Um, and however, they happen to be honor students or they're doing well in school. Uh, so we award them with a scholarship because in Senegal and also most places in West Africa, you have to pay a yearly fee in order to go into school. And uh, with this uh, scholarship, we're able to pay for their fees and also some school supplies in my village. And um, we'll take them with their parents' permission, of course, to uh, go to school and to Okay, and we're back. Jenny just had to move for a different place in the library, but you were telling us about the girls' camp. Uh, yes, so uh, the girls' camp, um, I think the last where I left off was, the last part that I left off was 
we invited the girls uh, with their parents' permission to uh, come to uh, to girls' camp for a week um, and Peace Corps pays for um, their lodging, uh, transportation, food, and um, other materials as well during the girls' camp. Um, and it's sort of like a way to celebrate them and also just to have them to be girls. Um, and it's also a good way for them to meet other girls as well uh, in the region and also in their schools to uh, really celebrate them, have an opportunity to learn about um, you know, health uh, and the environment, uh, their careers, and also watch movies and, you know, and eat good, nutritious food. And uh, each and every day that we had uh, the girl, we had girls camp. Uh, there was a different theme. So one day would be health, one day would be careers, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it was very challenging uh, because of planning, logistics, um, working with the school administrators, working with other volunteers as well too. So it proved to be very difficult. We planned for it like six, seven months in advance, but um, at the end, it was very worth it. So. Um, so those in those three those three major assignments were um, took up a bulk of uh, my Peace Corps um, Peace Corps work, but uh, in between I had other uh, little projects as, as well too, as I'm sure you did as well too um, in Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. Well, those three projects sound like excellent projects that you work on, even if you know <laughs> some of them like the, the drying effort failed. But I don't I, I don't think you'd you know be a proper Peace Corps volunteer without at least one project just epically failing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so you, you, you earned that uh, that merit badge as a Peace Corps volunteer. Now, you, oh, you, you said you were in a, a village. Uh, tell us a little bit about your village and, and what it was like, because Senegal is actually a pretty big country that has tons of different uh, ethnic groups and climates. What was life like in village for you? Uh, yes, yeah, so the village that I stayed in in Boro uh, was pretty. Uh, it was pretty calm. Um, it was considered a relatively big village. Uh, there was about forty to fifty thousand people. Um, it was considered the capital of the Garden Belt, where they had a lot of fruits and vegetables uh, growing there, and there's a lot of farmland out there as well. And my home life, I was the only girl. I had six brothers. Um, the youngest was three, and I think the oldest was 19 or 20 at the time. Um, so uh, every day was something different. Either someone was getting in trouble or someone was you know, needed help with their homework or um or just you know just noise just lots and lots of noise um and i have uh one older sister and then two two younger sisters so i never grew up with a brother so um that was a, a fun experience um but uh, my host parents uh, were really uh, very sweet and very accommodating um my host mother she was a director of a of a primary school and my host father he was a middle manager at a uh, chemical factory so I was pretty well off. Um, I had my own room um, and uh, I had access to the Internet. So considered I was considered a little bit of, of a, you know, had a posh life experience. But um, but, yeah, it was still pretty much a village. Um, you know, things shut down between the hours of one to three. Um, uh, things moved relatively slow and um, and also, you know, you had neighbors, everyone knew everybody. 
but it, it was it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And of course, the beach was about uh, two miles away. So if I just needed to breathe or just to, you know, think for a little bit, I could just go to the beach, listen to, you know, my music or, or read a book and just enjoy it and, and enjoy that space. So it was nice. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely sounds nice. And, <laughs> and then do you have a, a memory that really sticks out as one of your, your favorite Peace Corps memories? And can you share that with us? Yes. So I, I think, so I have several, um, but I, I would probably say uh, Girls Camp was uh, was one of my favorite memories only because all the volunteers, we worked so hard um, and we really made it work uh, with a lot of last minute changes and a lot of um, things that could go wrong. Uh, some some of it did end up going wrong, but uh, we made it work and we tried to you know, be there for, for the girls and also um, just to uphold our reputation as Peace Corps volunteers and as representatives of America. Um, and so I think uh, at the end of girls camp, um, you know, we, we had like this ceremony, you know, where we could dance and, you know, say, say our goodbyes, but all the girls just cried. Like they all just were so teary and weepy and, you know, they would come up to us saying, we'll miss you. We, we admire you. And um, it was, it was quite sad, but it was also a very, you know, beautiful um, experience as well. Um, so I think that was one of my favorite memories. And then also, um, the swearing, well, the confirmation ceremony, um, that we had the, at the ambassador's house. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, and the reason why I chose Peace Corps is because my father, he was also a Peace Corps volunteer. Um, he served in Ghana, uh, back in 1980 and he met my mother there. And so, uh, my sisters and I, we owe our lives to Peace Corps, basically. So it's um, it's kind of like a full circle. And then also my grandfather, he also served in Peace Corps back in the 60s um, in Kenya. Uh, so, uh, but uh, my father, he passed away when I was 16 years old. Um, and so it was a very, um, I was really happy and excited to, you know, take that next step in life. But at the same time, um, it was kind of, um, it was kind of sad because I, you know, just wish that he was there, or at least um, I could call him and, and share with him. You know, I became a Peace Corps volunteer as well, just like him. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can definitely, you know, assume that he would be extremely proud of you, especially, you know, carrying on that tradition of not just your father being a Peace Corps volunteer, but your grandfather. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of a parent, but not three generations of family members serving in Peace Corps. So that's at least a first for me hearing that. And that's pretty amazing to to have that and be able to to sort of, I guess, know and better understand the the experiences that, you know, those other members of your family went through. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Now, you know, you, you shared with us some of uh, the better moments of, of Peace Corps and, you know, the the girls camp and it sounds like you had a, a great village life but you know peace corps is not without difficulties uh, even if you know you some of your fellow volunteers maybe consider that you were in a bit of a, a posh corps situation within <laughs> senegal uh i you know 
definitely, I'm, I know that it was difficult at times. Uh, what did you struggle with? Or do you have a, an incident that comes to mind when you think of, you know, some of the rougher patches that you experienced as a volunteer? I would say I had a rough time with illness. Um, I got sick a lot the first year. Um, just in a lot of Peace Corps volunteers can attest to this. Um, like when you're sick, I feel like when I'm here, when I'm sick here uh, in the U.S., um, I feel like I can handle myself a little bit better, and I could just you know, go through the day and um, and you know be be able to just muster up the courage just to you know move forward and go forward. Um, however, uh, when I was sick uh, overseas, um, compounded with you know homesickness and you know also you know being in the heat and um, it was, it was really, uh, it really got to me. Um, so I mean, there would be days where I just wouldn't even leave my room because I was just so sick. Like, in, um, I'll have to cancel plans or if I, you know, had a meeting with someone, but you know, I just had a bout of illness and, you know, that was rough on me because, you know, normally if I was sick, you know, I could call someone or, you know, at least my mom and my sisters and, you know, just they'll have them console with me, but it was quite quite difficult. Um, so that's one, that's actually more than one, um, instance where I wasn't, um, you know, at my, at my best. Um, and also, uh, you know, just difficulties, uh, difficulty with language, um, you know, overcoming that hurdle, um, having, uh, some of the, some of the villagers, uh, take me seriously. Um, that was also a challenge because I, I mean, I, I knew I was capable. Um, I knew that I still had a lot of work to do, a lot of learning to do. Um, but some of the villagers uh, didn't take me all too seriously. Um, it could be a number of reasons. One, um, perhaps, you know, Senegal is a, a Muslim country. So um, the fact that, you know, I was a you know single woman, you know, by myself in a country um, trying to, um, you know, find work or at least try to help people or, you know, supplement their work. Um, some people didn't think that I was all too serious. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not their fault. Um, but in hindsight, I realized that um, it's just it's just not the norm. Like m- most women in Senegal by my age are already, you know, married. And um, and so they it's just not the norm for them. And, and it's just something that they're not used to. And so I had to overcome that their hurdle. Um, and also, um, just differences with, you know, other volunteers, um, and, you know, trying to, you know, even though that, you know, we were all Americans and even though we all were there for the same purpose, but, um, I did, I did feel that, um, some volunteers, we just didn't see eye to eye on certain things. Um, and there are some things that, uh, that, you know, perhaps maybe I've said, you know, out of context or something I've said, you know, out of anger or just not at the right place at the right time. Um, and I feel like I could have handled it a lot better uh, and sort of recon- reconciled, um, you know, you know, our friendship or any type of respect that uh, that we had amongst each other. But um, but looking back, uh, you know, maybe certain things happen for a reason. Um and the volunteers that I am talking to or at least close with, uh, 
and at least I'm, I'm able to, you know, say that they are my friends, but I can't say that for, you know, all volunteers and hopefully time will, you know, time will tell, hopefully we can, you know, come back and uh, try to rekindle, um, you know, that respect and friendship amongst each other, but, um, we'll see. Mm -hmm. I mean, with a, with a group of diverse people coming from all walks of life of the United States, you know, you're, you're never going to see eye to eye with everybody, but you know, you would hope that at least you could work together respectfully. And I, I definitely understand when you were talking about, you know, maybe you, you overreacted or did things that you sort of regret. Cause I, I did the same thing too. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I chalk it up to, to heightened emotions and, you know, just the, the state that we were in as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Because oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I felt like, um, all of us were definitely out of our element. Um, we were in a, you know, a place that was, you know, completely foreign to us. And, and I felt that, you know, maybe I had a better advantage because, you know, I spent some time in Africa prior to Senegal. Um, but I was still, um, I was still vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable and mentally vulnerable. Um, so, yeah, heightened emotions definitely, and um, also, um, I felt like there was a, a bit of an age difference. So I was wasn't considered an older volunteer, but I was in my late twenties, and a lot of the other volunteers were in their early twenties. So, um, and also us coming from different backgrounds um, in different areas of the of the U.S. Um, you know, we we kind of come in with our own mindset, and we you know we take our values and our morals and our beliefs um, and we take it into country. uh, And sometimes we, you know, we just don't uh, click. Sometimes we don't mesh well. And it's, it's kind of difficult because, you know, given the time and the space that you're in, you know, you you kind of feel like you're right or in that other person's wrong. But um, looking back, I feel like um, I definitely could have handled myself a lot better, um, and I definitely could have, you know, been, you know, more mature and, uh, in my speech and also with, um, with certain situations as well. Mm-hmm. No, uh, very well said. And there was another, other thing that you mentioned, uh, that also stuck out to me talking about, uh, villagers not taking you seriously, you know, sort of mm-hmm. look, looking at you as a, a female, single, they're working and, and not really understanding what you were doing. And I think, well, I know that a, a lot of volunteers have have felt this way. And I think the advice that's sort of given to them is that, you know, it's either one, one of two things. Uh, it'll take time to, to win them over and to understand, understand you and by, you know, integrating and learning the language and, you know, making friends with leaders in the community, you know, it'll come with time. That's why Peace Corps is two years. Or the opposite side of it is uh, just don't care (laughs) that they don't accept, (laughs) that they don't accept you and Mm -hmm. they're never going to accept you. So just be okay with it. Uh, Yeah. Sort of which, which way did you take or what's sort of your reaction to, to those sort of two trains of thought? Uh, so in the beginning, I would say my first year, um, I was still learning a lot, still learning about, you know, my, my village and my work and trying to figure out what made sense and, you know, how I could uh, possibly 
you know, possibly continue the work that um, not only the previous volunteer did, but also hopefully, hopefully starting projects where I can, you know, leave the, the next volunteer to continue that work. Um, I try my best to win a lot of people over. Um, and I feel like I've wasted a lot of time and energy doing that. Um, and only because in my previous work and also I felt like in my personality, just my own personality, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm a pleasant person. I feel like I'm charming and um, I try to listen and, and try to uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. But, um, you know, in the end, uh, I felt like it was, you know, I should have went with my instinct. I feel like women, um, we really uh, don't don't listen to that little voice um, or we don't, you know, we don't see the signs very, you know, too much. And I feel like in that, in that context, in my village, um, looking back, there probably were signs where I could have just um, ended uh, amicably and just move along or um, still try to uh, try to be friendly with that person. But uh, in the end, I felt like uh, some of the relationships or some of the um, the work partners that I've made uh, try to take advantage of me. Um, but after my second year, I just realized that I should just, you know, I only have a year left and I really want to be able to um, do something positive or at least um, have my, um, you know, be, be, you know, be a good volunteer and, and do the work that I'm supposed to be doing. So I focus my attention a lot more on uh, people who are willing to listen to me and people who were um, willing to, to work with me. So, you know, the first year you, you, you try your best, you try everything and you're still learning. But then the second year, you just take those lessons from the first year and try to apply them. Um, in your instance, you know, I was more established and I felt like my language skills were a lot stronger. So, um, that definitely helped, but I also, um, feel that a lot of the people, well, maybe not all of them, but some of the people who were willing to work with me, um, I do feel like in the back of the mind that they knew that I was only going to be there temporarily, but they're still going to be there. Um, and some people feel that, you know, maybe I'm taking advantage of them and perhaps, you know, trying mm -hmm. to exploit them. Um, and they probably felt that they didn't want to be a part of that, uh, which I completely understand. Um, because, you know, as Peace Corps volunteers, um, we are, you know, we're kind of privileged to, you know, have the backing of, you know, the U.S. government going there, um, you know, having all these different safety nets, whereas the people that we are working with or the people that we're trying to help may not have those same privileges. Um, and, you know, we get awarded for it. We, you know, we are, you know, we can share our story. Um, you know, we can get scholarships. We can get all kinds of benefits. But, you know, the people that we're working with in Village may not get that opportunity. Um, and so I do feel that, you know, perhaps um, they knew that just because I was a, a volunteer that I wasn't going to be, you know, there around to stick around and to really help the community. So mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason why um, I had a difficult time. Mm -hmm. well, well, thank you for sharing that. And also mm -hmm. it's very great that you, I guess, sort of had the insight to, to step back and maybe mm -hmm. think, okay, 
what's what's the reason you know maybe they actually have a good reason for mm-hmm. for not wanting to work with me and and to trying to just put yourself in their shoes and hopefully there's you know a, a current volunteer that will listen to this and maybe who's going through the same thing and can you know use some of what you said to to get over that feeling of you know I'm not being accepted I'm not being taken seriously and and to move to move beyond that so thank you for sharing no thank you (laughs) now what do you miss about the the Peace Corps and your time in Senegal oh I oh man uh there's a lot of things uh if I could just chalk it up to two things one just the simplicity of life um I was I do miss the fact that I was disconnected a lot not just you know from the internet but just you know just from you know the the craziness that was happening in the US um and so I I feel that um I looked at myself a little bit more um I was able to grow a lot um and, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad, uh, realize a lot of things about myself. Uh, so I do miss that. I did miss the simplicity of life and, um, and also being able to make my own schedule, um, doing what, doing things that I know that will help the community and also help with, uh, with continuing the work from my previous volunteer and also starting work for the next volunteer as well. Um, and I also do miss, uh, having neighbors, people looking out for me. Um, you know, my host family, you know, being there very supportive for, of me, even though, uh, they barely knew who I was, but they were very helpful and very supportive of who I am and what I did. Um, and also, uh, the neighbors that are in my, in, in the neighborhood that I was in. Uh, so, you know, with the, with the other mothers and other fathers and children as well to knowing my name and, um, you know, having that sense of community, um, especially here in, in the DC area. Um, I, I do know some of my neighbors in, in my neighborhood, but not all. Um, and it's, it's quite sad that, uh, a lot of people here, especially in the U S I find that they're not as trusting and not as willing to help. Uh, as they were um, in in Senegal, because you know here we have so much, we have so much to give and so much to share. Um, but I feel like we as Americans were more willing to share, you know, news and information and you know, and other and other things. So we're not willing to share space. And I feel like in Senegal they have so little, uh, but they're willing to share their space with you. Mm-hmm. Now, as also living in, in D.C., I definitely feel the exact same. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I, I, I live on a street and I know three of my neighbors. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, it goes both ways. You know, I, I, I've tried, but I really haven't tried that much to put myself out there and get to know the, the people I, I live around. And it's, it sort of feels like, yeah, we, we go home and as soon as we get to our door, we open it, we close it, we lock it. And mm-hmm. there, there is no... Mm-hmm sort of being out in your neighborhood. It's, you know, you're in your house or you're out yeah. doing something. There's no in-between. So I, I definitely miss that a lot and uh, hope to one day, you know, find a neighborhood where I can start to cultivate what I felt, uh, you know, the connection to my community more. Uh, but, you know, with, with, with time. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's 
you know, I also don't, I also miss the concept of, you know, not being able to lock my door all the time. You know, I, I feel like, you know, here, like I have to lock my door and, um, and I, I know for, you know, for security reasons, because you just never know. But at the same time there, like, I, I feel like I could leave my door open all day and, you know, and no one will, you know, try to, you know, take my stuff or, um, or try to, you know, come in when I'm in there or, or even if they wanted to come in, you know, I'm always welcoming and, you know, want to, if they want to sit down and talk or even if my host brothers want to play, they can come in and, and, and play with me or, um, or just talk or look at videos. So, but it's here, um, you know, I don't have that. Um, and it's, you know, and it's, it, it can be lonely, but you know, at the same time, you know, I, I miss that. I miss, you know, having that openness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you just shared a lot of things that you sort of learned and appreciated as your time in Peace Corps. But do you have one sort of underlying thing that you learned or something that defines you that has stayed with you now in the United States or something that has sort of shaped your career trajectory and, and, and what you're trying to do with your life post Peace Corps? Uh, I would say so the the major things that I learned in Peace Corps is one, always be prepared and just have a plan B because things can go wrong. Things may not end up going your way. And also, you know, the concept of time um, definitely is, is, is much different there in Senegal um, than it is here. But um, also just be respectful of people's time because you know, the fact that they are willing to meet with you and the fact that they are willing to talk to you or work with you means that they're willing to share their space and their time with you. So um, just be appreciative. And also another thing that I, I took with me from my Peace Corps experience would be to uh, well, just allow yourself to fail because in, in failure and making mistakes and that's when you're that's when you're able to grow and that's when you're able to learn and that's when you're able to um, restart or reboot because it because the part of you know the Peace Corps experience and just in life in general is if you make a mistake then it's you know it's not the end of the world it's not detrimental to you or the people that you know that work with you or or your family. Um, so just allow yourself to fail because you just never know what comes out of that failure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for, for giving me time today and all of us that are, you know, have spent this, you know, time with you sharing your story and uh, allowing us to have insight to your service as a volunteer in Senegal. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for letting me share my story. And um, I hope this is not the last time we get to talk to each other, or, or hopefully, since you're in the area, I hope we can, you know, possibly meet up again, or, or do something uh, in addition to the Peace Corps story. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, if you're always, uh, if you're, if you're looking for something to do, uh, hit me up, and you know, hopefully, you'll uh, get involved in the the local Return Peace Corps 
uh, association here. I don't know if you're involved with them, but uh, I've I've been slowly getting involved in, in going out to activities, and I think it's fun to to meet other volunteers that because you know we we share a common experience. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I've been to maybe one or two events uh, last year, but hopefully this year I'll be more involved. So hey, maybe we'll, we'll run into each other at the barbecue next summer or something like that. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well. Thank you very much for coming on the My Peace Corps Story podcast, and I uh, wish you very well in all your endeavors. Thank you. Same to you, Tyler. I appreciate it. Thank you. And there you have it, another episode of the My Peace Corps Story podcast. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the show so you get a brand new episode every single Tuesday. Until next time, remember, every volunteer has a story. What's yours?